Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to The Brink. My name is Ben, and it's a pleasure to be back with you because it has been quite some time since you have heard my voice or anyone's voice, three or four weeks to be precise, and we've had a few weeks off, but that doesn't mean that we weren't ever going to come back. We're always going to come back and at least bring you one more episode for the month of May, and of course, you're probably expecting to hear somebody else's voice, and she's not here. Well, she actually is here. The good news is Mallory is finally in the country. After all the months of waiting, she's here, so that is the good news, but she's not here on the episode this week, but we still wanted to bring you one episode even if she wasn't on the show. So she's she's alive, she's well, she's busy. She's a busy little bee back here in her home place of Canada, but she will return, no doubt, at some point. We have plenty to keep you occupied this week. A couple of returning favourites, which is always exciting. I'm sure that you've been longing for the voices of the people that you hear on the show today and longing for my voice, longing for everyone's voice to keep you entertained if you're listening to us in quarantine or wherever you are listening to us around this big planet. It's actually interesting given that it's about to be winter for Australia and summer for us here in Canada, something that I am slowly getting used to, the fact that this is how things are done in this part of the world. But hey, that's how life is when it comes to being on the opposite end of the planet. Without further ado, though, I'm not going to continue on with this introduction. It's pretty boring. You want to hear the juicy stuff. Let's get to the better stuff in this episode. And I'm going to play a transition sound and move straight into that next point. Well, thank you, Ben. The next point is right now, as we're going to get into Days of Alpies again, because we left Ramsey Bay hanging the last time you heard it was episode five of season three, which means now that we have to get to episode six of season three. How's that going to turn out? Let's find out. Previously on Days of Alpies. Oh my god, Prime Minister David Bartlett just destroyed Launceston! We need to get on a save Bolt's back and he will take us to Launceston to once and for all stop the evil David Bartlett destroying the rest of the world. My lord, what was that? Dip that D, you are dead! I saw you die! No you stupid earthling, that was my brother! I am Dooda Dip and I am here to kill you all! Like pastry in the oven, these are the days of Alpines. After just watching Launceston being destroyed on TV, the League of Awesome Celebrities had just gotten a visit from Doo Dap Dip, the brother of Season 1 evil alien Dip Dap Doo, who was the brains behind the destruction of all cities so far, and he was preparing to kill everyone in front of him. You stupid earthlings, you are such a stupid race, and now we are here to finally destroy you all! My children! I can't die! I can't! <laughs> ah, shut up, Michael Jackson! Everyone always thinks you're dead anyway! Why are you doing this, do-dap dip? It's not fair to us human beings! Yeah, and you are just a big smelly poo head! I just told you! Gee, you are all dumb! How about you listen to me for once? All of a sudden, Usain Bolt and Hugh Grant launched a super bomb they had made towards do-dap dip's spaceship, causing it to explode and debris to fly everywhere! Quick man, get on my back. Let's go to Launceston and stop the Prime Minister. All of the group get on the back of a Saint Bolt who sprints all the way from Silly Nainsville to Launceston in world record time. There they are immediately confronted by the Prime Minister David Bartlett about his actions. I say, Prime Minister, your game is up! We just destroyed your little alien friend, 
And now you must surrender! Shut your mouth, woman. I will never surrender. How would you know that, butthead? He just might one day. Will not. Will so. Will not. Will so. For God's sake, you two, will you just shut up? I am confident that no, I will not surrender, and that no, you guys are pretty stupid if you think that's all the aliens that are controlling me in the world. What are you talking about, you silly man? He's talking about that there are lots more aliens ready to help us destroy Australia and the world. I really don't understand why you are doing this, destroying our country to a group of smelly alien scum. Oh, baby, baby, oh, yeah, I agree. Why? Typical liberals. I am confident that you will never understand my reasons, and I am confident that my two sidekicks, Adam and Gary, are about to give you a present. Oh, a present? How marvellous. Please give me those splendid presents for me. Like, totally hard... Is it pink? If so, that'd be like totally hard. I disagree. I think presents are wrong. You're wrong. You're all wrong. Your face is wrong. Winch, winch, winch. Oh, God, will you just shut up? Don't tell them to shut up. That's up to me to tell them to shut up. It's not. It's say. Will you two both just shut up and give them the present? Oh, all right. Here you go. Oh, baby. Thank you. What is it? It's ticking! Oh my god, that's like so pretty. It's hot, it's so hot. Oh my god, like it's burning. Ah! Ouch! Oh my god, run away! It's a hot bomb! Who on earth survived yet another bomb explosion in this series? What made the bomb so hot that Paris Hilton dropped it? Where are the other aliens that Prime Minister David Bartlett mentioned? And how come I don't seem to get that many lines in this series? Find out next time on Days of Our Pies! Well, yeah, my voices, my noises don't really get any better with a few weeks off. Voices and noises, that's a weird thing to kind of compare it to, but... Hey, cool. There we go. You've gotten it. You're excited. You're welcome, world. (laughs) Given we haven't been on air for a few weeks, it means that we can talk to this person because apparently there's some law that says we must only talk every few weeks with him, even though I think we've broken that rule before. I have no idea what I'm talking about. Colin Hilding's with us. Hello, Colin. Welcome back. Is that new rule like some type of social Skype distancing? Yes. It's it's also because we're still using Skype and not Zoom. We're not down with the kids. (laughs) Because I don't actually want to see your oh. face. Uh, I like just hearing your voice. That's all I need. We are so old on this <laughs> Skype. How are we old on Skype? This is ridiculous. Like, it's, it's, it's honestly... We talked about that the other day, didn't we? I know. It's just, it's so dumb that you're made to feel old because of Skype. I'm being Skype shamed. Like, oh, Skype. You're so old. God, go back and you know- walk with the dinosaurs or something. I think I kind of made this joke over the weekend when I was breaking the law talking to you more than once in a week. Um, but it's it's like overnight it's become the MySpace. And you have to wonder, at what point did it just become a known thing? Oh, MySpace. Yeah. Poor Tom. Tom was everyone's friend, uh, you, you know, sitting yeah. there in your top 10, top 10 places. And there he was, Tom, looking all good. And yet Mark Zuckerberg, no one's friend on Facebook, you know, he just changes it and... <laughs> Anyway, um, NHL, Colin, let, let's be honest right now and say at the time of recording this, 
we are expecting some form of announcement this afternoon about this new format they're trying to do. I don't know if there's going to be an announcement of whether or not we're coming back soon or anything like that. So clearly this segment is very dated by the time people hear it. But you don't know much about this. I apparently just quickly spoken to you before we hit record. And you're like, oh, yeah. no, I only found out about this. And it's a funny story. So, Colin, I want to hear this funny story. Yeah, well, I mean, it's funny story to anybody who has either been married or I guess you're close enough uh, or <laughs> had children. Now. But <laughs> I had, you know, a little bit of time to kill before I had to start work. Uh, so I was sitting on the couch and, you know, watching TV and they started announcing something of the NHL. And uh, immediately, Jamie decided to start talking to me and saying, oh, OK, well, going on and on about something, something unimportant. I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention, uh, but because <laughs> it's kind of the point. But uh, I wish I could just set up the visual here. I was staring at the TV. She was standing in front of me saying, OK, so the plan is this and this and this. And I'm like, uh-huh. And I'm actually moving my head around her trying to see the TV. Is it like NHL is going to be making an announcement today? And I heard <laughs> something about a December start for a new season and something, something, something. But the whole time she just kept talking and I kept uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, and I'm sure she bought that I was paying attention to her, although I still have no clue what she's saying. But sadly, I also missed what they were saying on TV. So you're going to have to fill me in. Well, okay then. And this is all based on stuff that I've read on the internet. And I have no connection to the NHL themselves, but the commissioner, Gary Bettman, or whatever his name is, is meant to be making this this afternoon at the time recording this. But they're, they're basically saying that they're going to jump straight into the playoffs. They're going to do a 24-team playoff bracket because there's about six teams or so that are kind of on the cusp of making it and there's a whole bunch that clearly uh, are not going to make it. There's seven teams that won't be in this. And basically how it will work, you will have teams in each conference ranked five through to 12 who will play each other off in a best of five series and then the winner of those series will play teams ranked one to four in the conference, they will get a bye in the first round and kind of play each other off for get some match practice and I guess some seeding for them as well. And then we just go straight into the regular Stanley Cup playoff, 16 teams, all that kind of jazz. So basically mm. six extra teams, it looks like, eight extra teams, if my math is actually correct, Ben, which means that uh, the Vancouver Canucks will make the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> as with the Montreal Canadiens. Um, and who else is 12th in the uh, West? That would be Chica Chicago making the playoffs. What's, what kind of ridiculousness is this? They haven't been good since 2010. It's um, I was going to say, it feels like it's 2010 all over again. Chicago in the playoffs. It is. Um, but I, I can go through these matchups for you in just a second because I'm sure you're dying to know who Toronto will lose to. But uh, how mm. how <laughs> do you think that sounds? A 2014 playoff to kind of, you know, get these teams that I guess would have maybe been in contention if the regular season had been able to be finished. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that they're expanding it because I think the plan, well, whether it was a plan or not, what people were discussing uh, among those who are knowledgeable as internet critics and not so much anybody involved in NHL were saying it would be reduced teams for the playoffs. This was a couple months ago. Uh, and I didn't like that idea, you know, because so many things can change. The, the idea that, yes, this team was out of contention, but they had enough games left that they could have made it. Like, it is giving everybody a fair shot. A best of five series, though, I mean, if we're running that many series... 
when is this going to be over? Like, was that December thing I was hearing about not the start of the next season, but when they expect these playoffs are going to be over? Because this sounds like it's going to go on for a long time. Based on what I have read, uh, they, they are pushing to get something started in June. Clearly, the issues are all around getting the international players in. Where are they playing this? And, you know, if you do it in Canada, certain places have 14-day lockdowns. Well, the whole country does, I guess. If you do it in America, you know, they're looking at maybe doing it in Vegas just because it's essentially the hotel space and the facilities there and all that sort of stuff. So I'm sure once they lock all that in, if they can start in June, we might be finished by December so that we can start a new season. I don't know. <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's it's what's really interesting is so that in each conference, the, the four teams in each side that are basically getting a shot at the playoffs when right now if you were to just do it the top 16 wouldn't get a chance. So in the East... You have Columbus, Florida, when was the last time they made the playoffs, uh, the Rangers and Montreal. And then in the West, Winnipeg will sneak in, uh, Minnesota, Arizona will make the playoffs. That's a weird sentence. And Chicago, as I mentioned. So they're the ones who are kind of on the on the cusp that will get this extra chance. And, and I mean, it's fair enough, I think, going into the playoffs as well because there were some teams, like I think somebody from Detroit was basically saying, like, well, why do we want to come back and play two weeks' worth of games and we've got nothing to play for and risking our players? We'd rather mm-hmm. just switch focus to next season because our season's done, basically. So at least this way, these teams have got something to play for. And then even the top four. So obviously top four in each conference will still play each other like it's sort of a warm-up game, even though they have the buys. So Boston, mm-hmm. Boston, Tampa, Washington, and Philadelphia, and then St. Louis, Colorado, Vegas, and Dallas. They'll still play each other off for the seeding, essentially, of then who will play each other. So, I mean, mm-hmm. everyone everyone wins here. I mean, God, Florida and Arizona, yeah. they're going off right now. Yeah, I, I hope that they give away one of those participation ribbons because that's kind of <laughs> what it sounds like at this point when you say teams like, you know, Florida and Chicago and Arizona – but, I mean, it's it's going to be more fun because, I mean, we've seen so many playoffs where the regular season never actually matters. And then the team who ends up winning is one who barely snuck into the playoffs, you know. And how crazy would it be if there's one of these teams that was sort of on the fringe that wouldn't have even made it if you did a traditional playoffs and they end up winning the whole thing? Like, that'll be nuts. And it's also you got to factor in the fact that a lot of these people haven't been able to get on the ice, haven't been able to practice. They might only have a couple of weeks to train, and that, that might change things completely. The, the mm-hmm. German Football League started the Bundesliga a couple of weeks ago, and they sort of noted that there was so many injuries in that space of that first round just because these players aren't up to their prime condition. Um, I know the Australian Rugby competition is starting this week the Australian Football League starting in a couple of weeks too so it'll be kind of interesting with all this but it's also of course this is all going to be played in front of no crowds it's going to be dead silent uh so for Arizona it will be like a playoff atmosphere for them already so they're they're in with a shot (laughs) yeah you know what uh I actually find most interesting about this is when you have these teams that are used to not playing in front of crowds are they now going to have the home team advantage yeah because so many of these American markets, like I think about you know, when the Winnipeg Jets moved here from Atlanta, you know, they had tried a save the Thrashers rally and they had like almost less people show up to a save the a free save the Thrashers rally than they were getting who were paying tickets to see the game, which was <laughs> concerning, which is why they lost them to Winnipeg. But typically, if you have a really good crowd, if you are, you know, a city like Boston, uh, you know, it's a big hockey market. Sorry to bring up Boston again. Uh, or Los Angeles is another big one. Like there is a big advantage. And if you're not playing in front of a crowd, does that mean that the advantage is now on the teams who are used to playing for nobody? Cause Winnipeg is 
one of those teams that is kind of known as long as even before they were able to make the playoffs is just being a team that had incredible home game records, but they would fall apart on the road. Now you're going to have no home crowd, I guess, rooting you on. It's going to be even worse for those teams. Like I'm going to be really interested once this thing ends to see if home crowds actually do matter. Well, six of the seven Canadian teams will make the playoffs based on this format. Only Ottawa won't make it. So you would assume mm. that all the Canadian teams, yeah, live on that advantage uh, generally as well. But the the current, if this was to be confirmed today, and again, by listening to this now, you, hopefully it already has been confirmed, based on how it will work, it would be team ranked fifth who would play ranked 12th team. Then it would be eighth versus ninth, seventh versus 10th, sixth versus 11th. So... Looking here for your beloved Leafs, Colin Hilding, <laughs> as you are eighth currently right now in the East, you would be playing the Columbus Blue Jackets in the first oh. round. <laughs> Iconic matchup, traditional rivals, <laughs> head to head. <laughs> it's Ontario versus Ohio. Uh, I mean, how do you feel about that? Gosh, what a what a tough first round matchup against your heated rivals. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, Columbus proved themselves last year to a certain extent. Um, I think Toronto also has proven themselves in the last couple of years. The, the difference is Toronto has proven that they're unable to beat Boston. I think any <laughs> other team, they have a shot. So I was just waiting the whole time for you to not say Boston. And now that you haven't said Boston, we're in. We've got it. We, this is a lock. Well, well, Colin, I will say right now that if you were to win this series and Boston remained the number one seed, you would play Boston in the oh, next round. <laughs> it's all over. <laughs> Start again next season. <laughs> I mean, the good the good news though against Columbus, you can't lose in Game Seven because it's only a five game series. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> you've got a chance. Um, also in the East, so Pittsburgh would be playing Montreal. That's fifth verse twelfth. The Islanders would be playing Florida. That's seventh verse tenth. And the Carolina Hurricanes would be playing the New York Rangers. Six verses eleventh. Uh, and in the West. Is the only all-Canadian matchup. Calgary will play Winnipeg in the first Ooh. in the play-in round. Uh, Edmonton will play Chicago. Vancouver will play Minnesota, and Nashville will play Arizona. Wow, traditional rivals: Nashville versus Arizona <laughs> in hockey. My goodness, it's like Toronto versus Montreal, but in America. Wow, that's what a no one would turn up to that playoff series if that was in front of yeah. crowds, though. I mean, maybe <laughs> Nashville they will. They actually do like their hockey there. But God, does Arizona even realize that they're still in the NHL? I, I, you know, have you seen the movie Major League? I have not. Oh, years ago, but not for a okay. while. Um, I, I just rewatched it the other day because it was gone from Amazon Prime and it was back on Amazon Prime. And uh, one of the funniest moments in that whole movie is when Tom Berenger is like the lead character. When he sits down at Rene Russo's house, he, he sort of accidentally walks in on some dinner party she has. And there's all these, you know, rich, sophisticated people there. And he's having introduced himself. Oh, I'm a professional baseball player. It's like, well, who do you play for? It's like, oh, uh, I play here in Cleveland for the Indians. And like, I didn't know we still had a team. And that's what I think <laughs> about when you say that. I didn't even know we had a team. Wow. <laughs> but that's, it, yeah. that's the, the former jet. So they, they may still be more followed by people in Winnipeg in their former hometown than they are in, you know, wherever they are, Glendale, Phoenix, wherever it is now. Going back to one of the things you said before about the players, this layoff and everything. It, it, preseason, you, you notoriously get some bad hockey, but it's always sort of chalked up to, well, they're trying out new players, they're trying out new lineups. It's basically a wash anyways. There's, none of this counts against you, so do whatever you want to do. But I actually wonder if 
this layoff coming into a heated series is going to prove that preseason is really nothing more than, you know, working off your ice rust because we could see some truly disastrous hockey in that first round of all the, even the second round once those those top 4 teams eventually get a chance to play and there's the other thing those top 4 teams are they at an even more disadvantage because they're going to have an extra week or two weeks layoff while these other teams are starting to get in some practice even though they are the lower seeded teams mm, yeah you'd think so maybe because i i know what last season we had these all these sweeps happening in every single round, didn't we? But basically, then yeah. the team that got that swept someone then got swept themselves or something like that. So mm. um, it was very unpredictable last year. But yeah, no, it's it's a good point. But I, I think they they're sort of talking about given that basically all these games are going to be probably in the one city that they might have to do a lot of you know a lot quicker turnaround than they're used to as well. Uh, I know in like the AFL and the NRL in Australia, they're doing, you know, some different rules around, uh, you know, how many players you can have. And I know I know in the AFL, for instance, they're, they're actually shortening the quarters so that instead of 20 minutes, they're only going to be 15 minutes and kind of allowing some, you know, different rules here and there to kind of compensate for the the long turnarounds and layoffs that they've had. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. But I think I asked you this question a few weeks ago that basically at the end of this series, if it gets up and running, I mean, there's always kind of going to be a little question mark or an asterisk against whoever wins the Stanley Cup this season, right? Yeah. But if, you know, the announcement, which, by the way, we're just killing another hour and 15 minutes for this announcement to be made. So you're in for the long haul. Uh, but if this announcement does go along with what one of those things I overheard, you know, in between ignoring my wife, um, that... The, I guess that the um, the new season will start as of December, so they're going to have a shortened season next year. You're going to say the same thing next year for whoever wins that too. So, and who knows how long this will go on for them? And I doubt it's going to last for more than two seasons now. But it, it, there's going to be a bit of a reprieve when another team kind of has to go through this again next year. Or I guess at, at a different level. So maybe some of it will be forgiven. I mean, it's good that we at least have a finish this season. It's not like when you have these lockouts and everything. One other thing um, that I did over here in between ignoring Jamie this morning <laughs> was about, uh, I guess, their attempt at distancing in the locker room, that there would be something like no more than six players in any given locker room. So they're going to have to have multiple locker rooms for teams and you only have six players in there. But again, if they have this quick turnaround where they want to have you know, one series go and then you have another series going later that afternoon in whatever venue. Now you got to clean who knows, like a half a dozen different locker rooms for all these players. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of uh, hired cleaning staff, I feel, at some point. Or maybe, yeah. maybe just bring in the extra seven teams. You know, like, hey, Detroit, want to come clean the Tampa Bay room? There yeah. it is. You got something to you do. Want we'll pay you want your payoff bonuses? Yeah. Pick up a mop. <laughs> San Jose, here's a spoon. Starts, you know, <laughs> digging out all the fungus from in between the benches or something mm-hmm. like that. It's actually an interesting stat I read was that this would be the first time uh, in a long time, I can't remember the exact number of years, that all three California teams have missed the playoffs. There you go. Uh, 
it's weird to think that. And poor old Anaheim, I think we'll finish down near the bottom completely. Not that that's unexpected. Um, but I mean, imagine you said it before. Imagine if Chicago knock off Edmonton <laughs> and then they play the number four seed that right now would be Dallas, knock off Dallas then potentially play St. Louis and then, you know, like Chicago end up winning the Stanley Cup. There would be a huge asterisk against them. Absolutely. Oh, so, yeah. Wow. Chicago, this team that has sucked in nearly a decade, they've won a Stanley Cup. What the hell? Yeah, that that is going to be ultimately what it comes down to is which team wins. Because if you get a top team that ends up winning this, then nobody's going to question it. But if you get one of those teams that were on the bubble winning – then that's when it's sort of like, well, it doesn't really count. Again, as I think we mentioned when we brought this up last time, Toronto win, who gives a shit? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Still counts. We want a Stanley Cup. Shut up. Uh, Drought is over. (laughs) It's it's completely done with. Uh, What else has been happening? How's Winnipeg? You guys uh, opening up, uh, people visiting? What's, What's happening there? Uh, really nothing's different from the last phase. I mean, the, the, the thing that I'm most excited about is that they've announced what phase two of reopening will include, which is going to include daycares being allowed to have up to 24 kids. So I'm excited at the idea that, you know, uh, more so for Jamie's sake, but for mine, for the, the couple hours a day where I'm not at work, uh, that there's potentially going to be an opportunity to get rid of a kid for a day because <laughs> it does drive you crazy after a while, especially when you've got screaming twins and then another one who's climbing up on top of uh, shelves in their closet. So that's exciting. Uh, I've noticed more cars on the road. I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, Manitoba's weird <laughs> in a way it, it doesn't seem like you know even those people who are allowed to go out are really choosing to every store that has been open like i had to stop in a couple places we needed a new couch you know because again that that child that we desperately want to get in daycare kind of wrecked our couch <laughs> so uh i went into a furniture store which had really just opened a few days earlier and there were two people in the store and uh the the, the clerks or whatever look like they were falling asleep uh, you know, I go into Walmart and the lineups don't seem to have changed from before. But then the Starbucks has a lineup going, you know, half a block, if not more away. Uh, so I think the only thing that's really changed is people are going to Starbucks. But I know I've talked to a lot of people who are saying, OK, yes, the malls are open now, but I'm not going to go for quite a while. So I don't know. Maybe we're just a very paranoid province or maybe people are just used to sitting at home and they just don't care anymore. It's Manitoba. You don't you don't go outside. You sit in front of a heater. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, oh, it's summer. No, stay inside. It's, it's weak. I was going to say, I'm curious to know what your weather's like, because we've had a ridiculously hot last couple weeks where I think we've been pushing 30 degrees Celsius every single day. And I, 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 our daytime high or our normal, I guess, of our daytime high should be like 19 or 20 degrees this time of year. And we're like 10 degrees above the normal, uh, which usually what you get is people who are complaining, oh, it's so nice outside. I wish I could go outside. And now that everybody's stuck at home, and I guess a lot of them without air conditioners, there has been a flood of people posting on Facebook, on Instagram or whatever, just complaining about the heat. And I'm like, well, you clearly worked in an office place with central air before now because this was never a problem in Manitoba until now. It's too hot. We, I mean, it's this week, it's warming up slightly. We're going to get into the 20s. Um, It's sort of a couple of weeks ago, we had some like mid 20 days, but then it sort of dropped into sort of the teens again. But um, it's it's sporadic. I mean, it rains here a bit. Uh, Hails, hails here a lot. I've never been in a place, I think, where it's hails so frequently. But um, hail's fun. I love hail. Yeah, absolutely. But I think 
Uh, it's from what I've been told from people, of course, you've got to know I've only lived here for two months. Um, then it's kind of normal weather, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of interesting in BC. They've introduced phase two here uh, like a week ago, which it's odd because in New Zealand it was the opposite. So, like, phase two was good. Like, as in, like, phase four was the worst, like, lockdown, complete lockdown, stay home, you know, don't breathe, you will die. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, phase one is, like, everything is normal, go back to living. Whereas here it's kind of obviously level one is kind of like that you will die, stay inside. Uh, yeah. Level two, bit better. Level three, yeah, it's getting there. Level four, go out and look at Justin Trudeau's butt. Basically, that's yeah. kind of what it is. So <laughs> Sniff it if you want. Sniff it, yeah. <laughs> but on Vancouver Island, there hasn't been a new case now in three weeks, essentially, and I think there's only one active case now. Everyone else has recovered. So mm. it's... Um, yeah, it's a, and people are just kind of doing normal things in a way. Not really. They're not gathering in crowds and that. But I mean, people stay home. But like when I went to Costco the other day, uh, I was in an, I was in the door. Like when I walked in the door, I didn't have to line up for an hour. Mm. It was normal. It was like, oh, cool. Hi, Costco. Let's go inside. Wicked. <laughs> that's that's. I avoid Costco at all costs because there's still lineups here. There's the one big difference. Every other store we have here is completely empty and free of lineups, despite them being closed for months and people not being able to go there and Costco. It's like, I talk to people like, Oh yeah, you know, I was in and uh, I was in door in about half an hour, (laughs) but why are you people going to Costco still? There are three (laughs) other stores within your eyesight right now that have no lineups. The last time I had to line up to go in somewhere was actually Dollar Tree. And I'm like, I want my hockey cards. Let me in. (laughs) (laughs) Which you mentioned the hockey cards and even the sticker album. I'm still on the hunt for a sticker album because I went to Walmart because um, the the stickers, they sold them at the, the dollar store. Uh, but you said, oh, no, I got the album at Walmart. So I went to Walmart. They have the stickers, but no album. So I'm like, I may have to order this online at this point because uh, so far it's gone toilet paper, hand sanitizer <laughs> and sticker albums for 2019-2020 NHL season. Well, I definitely know they're on Amazon. Uh, I got Mallory because Mallory decided she wants to get the stickers now too. And I may or may not have bought a box of 50 packets the other day off Amazon. Uh, but there are definitely uh, albums on on Amazon too. Fun story, actually, just quickly as well. Speaking of of cards and that, I joined I joined a Facebook group, like a hockey trade and sell group. And I posted in there just saying like, hey, you know, Aussie here returning to card collecting first time since I was a kid. These are the ones I need. Also, randomly, if anyone has a Nathan Walker card, I don't know if that exists because the guy played like two games and still got a Stanley Cup mm-hmm. ring, you know, would love to, you know, possibly get one. So I got contacted by this guy from the aptly named town of Moose Jaw in Saskatchewan. Love the name yeah. of that place. <laughs> and he had a card, was willing to send it to me. We got talking. Long story short, he has literally sent me a package filled with, as he says, surprises and goodies that he has not even <laughs> charged me for. He has taken a picture of the envelope, which he is, well, the, the package actually, it's like a mini parcel. On this package, he's put like stickers from every single NHL team in Canada, with the exception of wow. Edmonton and Vancouver, which I had to laugh at those two teams missing. <laughs> and and he sent it to me for free. So I'm like, wow, okay, thanks, random guy in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. I haven't received it yet, but all I wanted was one Nathan Walker card and I'm ending up with a packet of something. Now, was that guy's name Nathan Walker? That's what I'm wondering. (laughs) Maybe it's his father. He moved to Moose Jaw. Uh, Have you been to Moose Jaw? Who calls a place Moose Jaw? 
you, you know, um, I remember what was it? I think it was off the podium because that's when we started the flin flon thing that you had mentioned. Do you know that there's a city in Canada named this? And you mentioned some name and I'm like, beaver something, nothing. wasn't it? What was it? I think it was a beaver place. Maybe. All I remember was that for Canadian city terms, it was pretty tame. And I'm like, oh, forget that. And I think I told you at the time, I'm like, we've got a flin flon. We got a moose jaw. We have a medicine hat. (laughs) We got a lot of really odd names. Kamloops is a fun one. Yep. Yep. I know in Tasmania, we, we, there's a map that went around for a while of kind of weird places. Like we've got eggs and bacon bay and bust me neck hill and just like, kind of like little random things. But yeah, I, I just moose jaw. Is great. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm still a little boy deep at heart that I laugh that you got a place called Regina. So <laughs> you know, well, forget that. There is. I, I'm pretty sure. Maybe it's spelt differently, but I am pretty sure there is a placenta Newfoundland. <laughs> oh wow, placenta! <laughs> Can we get a T-shirt made of that? There uh, placentia. They have an I in there. So placentia Newfoundland. <laughs> I, I only discovered the other day there's an island off the coast of Newfoundland that basically has it's it's essentially part of France. Like you catch a boat there, <laughs> you've got to show your passport, and they have like the euro, and it's like it's a legal place of France. So uh, there you go. We can go to France in a day or two, maybe. Might take longer than that. Mm. Canada's a bit bigger than I'm thinking, Ben, but. Um, <laughs> Yes, Moose Jaw. There we go. Add it to our bucket list, Colin. Flin Flon and Moose Jaw and then Placenta. Yeah. yeah. We'll make sure to stop at uh, Kamloops and Flin Flon and Moose Jaw. Any silly name. It'll be the silly name road trip. I think I've been to Kamloops. That's in BC, isn't it? It is, yeah. I. Why do I feel like I've been there or at least looked at it or something? <laughs> Are I you know. there right now? <laughs> no, maybe I am. Maybe I am in Kamloops. I don't know. Like, I actually legitimately feel like I've been through it or I've maybe I saw a sign that said it. Oh, no, okay, I'm looking where it is on a map. Okay, no, I've been to Kelowna and I have I know where it is in relation to Kelowna. Okay, but, yes, Kamloops <laughs> because there's loops of Cam stuff there. Anyway, um, that's it. Anything else exciting before I let you go, Mr. Hilding? It's Manitoba. There's never anything exciting. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, good luck with not doing anything, and I'm going to go have a bowl of Kamloops. <laughs> All right. Classic interview time, and from time to time we don't often play interviews that were specifically on the brink. We, of course, have lots of sister shows, many shows under our umbrella, and this one's actually from a little show called High Noon, which was sort of, let's be honest, it was the brink, but it was just a lunchtime show that lasted for a few months back in 2017 when I returned to Edge Radio. They wanted it changed and named different and let's have something slightly different but it was it was the brink we all know it was exactly the same show but we were lucky enough at the time to interview the Michael Jordan of Australian basketball the one the only Mr Andrew Gaze of course I was doing a little bit of work for the Hobart Chargers at the time and he was coming down to be the coach of Melbourne the Melbourne Tigers who were playing the Hobart Chargers on the week that this interview Ed. So, without further ado, 
let's hear my interview from 2017 with the legendary Mr. Andrew Gaze from the legendary show that was High Noon. It's a very exciting moment right now here on High Noon to be able to continue our basketball theme episode today and introduce our next guest. And we we love to do our fun intro for our guests, and this could be the funnest one I've ever done because right now we are about to be joined by the one, the only, Mr. Andrew Gaze, pretty much the greatest ever basketballer ever to grace the basketball court here in Australia. He is the co- Coach of the Melbourne Tigers in the Seabull, as well as a coach of the Sydney Kings in the NBL. And he also is very well known for carrying a flag into a stadium back in 2000 during a slight small event in Australia called the Olympics. In his spare time, he also likes to enjoy watching Space Jam and try to really get some tips and advice from the Toon Squad, who came from that great behind win to get, beat the Monstars all the way back in the 90s. Please welcome to High Noon, Mr. Andrew Gaze. Andrew, that's probably the weirdest introduction you've ever been given in any radio show in your entire life. Apologies for that. <laughs> no, nah, no problems at all. It was a long one. There's no doubt about that. But uh, you know what? Uh, I, I, I don't know where, where the information comes from. I'm, I've never really seen Space Jam, so I'm not sure what all that's oh. about. But, it's, um, but it, it certainly featured one of my all-time greats and one of the all-time greats, if not the greatest ever. And that is, of course, the great Michael Jordan. So, um, it, uh, yeah, but... but Great to be here and looking forward to the game tonight. I thought you were talking about Bugs Bunny there for a second, Andrew. I thought, wow, he's, he's really getting <laughs> talked up this morning. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting to have you here because this is this is a big game tonight uh, for, for many reasons. Obviously, the Melbourne Tigers back at the Derwin Entertainment Centre up against the Hobart Chargers. Now, this this must rekindle some memories from you, Andrew, because, you know, the, the 90s, the great period of the NBL. Uh, I remember going to the Hobart Devils games back in the day to watch you play, uh, you know, way back then but this this is being billed as a, as a big match to really rekindle these memories of when you used to come back to play for the Tigers back in those days well both these teams do have a history in, in the NBL and, and they were great days back then and uh, you know we, we as a club uh, is continuing to strive to be the best it possibly can be and, and it has a, a long term aspirational goal of, of one day returning to the NBL and I think the Hobart Devils are in a similar similar category. They probably are a lot closer given where they're at as far as their team and the infrastructure they've, they've got around them. And, and playing in that stadium, it's a beautiful stadium. It's, it's absolutely NBL quality. And uh, they're getting great support. And more importantly for the for locals is that they've got a fantastic team and, and, and won their first two games in uh, very, very impressive fashion. So it's going to be a tough assignment for us, but we're looking forward to it. We're continuing to grow as, as a group and, and hopefully we can get to test ourselves uh, in, in a positive way against what many people believe is going to be the team to beat for the title this season. It's, I mean, it's been a great atmosphere so far at the deck and, uh, you know, the crowd sort of getting behind it. And, you know, as you said, sort of the, the stadium that really we, we love to get behind our teams, of course, and we, we want to try and create that atmosphere to, to maybe hamper you guys a, a little bit, Andrew. But is it is it so obviously playing in sort of the competition from the Seabull here? You, you, you're coaching during the NBL season as well, but this is your time in the Seabull. How is it to come to venues like like the Dillon Entertainment Centre, that, as you were saying, sort of a ready really for the NBL, but in sort of a smaller competition. I mean, it must it must give some of these players on your team particularly a, a bit of a boost then to really play in front of these bigger crowds and in a bigger venue maybe that they're perhaps used to playing in front of. Yeah, spot on. Uh, a lot of the guys in the Seabull also participate in the NBL as well. So for some of them, 
uh, it's just par for the course. But uh, we had practice last night and in our preparation for the game, we were talking about just this uh, great opportunity we have to play in a, in a fantastic environment, albeit that it's one that's not going to be overly supported towards us. <laughs> but nevertheless, that's, um, it's, it's one that, 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 that really motivates the guys. They, they like to, to play in these types of venues where the, the, the fans are engaged in the game and uh, it's going to be a tough assignment for us. Uh, they've got a, a great team and Stewie, Anthony Stewart, their coach, is doing a, a fantastic job in, in the way in which he's put their team together. And he's got one of my boys in there in Tommy Gallup, who is a Sydney King, and uh, he's spending a bit of time in Hobart as well. So although I'm familiar with with how he goes about it, it's, uh, he's, he's one of the elite players in the Seabull, so it's going to be a, a real tough assignment for our group to, to be able to contain him and the entire Hobart team. How do you go into that, uh, knowing that, as you were saying, you know, you, you, you're used to coaching him basically all season long in the NBL, and here you are, you know, a month or so later, and uh, he, he's playing against you. I mean, that must must kind of be weird, but also give you a, a slight advantage, I guess, for your boys because you've coached him in one way, now you're coaching against him. <laughs> I wish I did, but <laughs> at this level, Tommy is is really really dominant, and I'm sure he's probably going to be out there uh, wanting to put on a display and, and 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 let me know that I should be playing him more. And <laughs> uh, you know, but it, it, it's fun. It's fun to ha- have that uh, that challenge, and for us, it is going to be an enormous challenge. He's been a big focus of our preparation, and 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 uh, the better job we can do on him and containing him, the better chance we have of winning the game. But uh, but it's tough. He's, he's got great size, six eight. Um, can put the ball to the floor and, and in the first two games is, is shooting the ball extraordinarily well and, and because he's, he's a smart guy, he's a smart basketballer and, and he, he doesn't get to train with the, the Hobart team as, as much as he'd like because he, he's commuting a little bit from Sydney to Hobart but when you watch them play, it, it's seamless. So, it's going to be tough for us and uh, hopefully he takes it easy on us but we'll certainly be doing whatever we can to to try and contain him. So, so will Stewie kind of come to you before or after the game and say thanks for coaching him really well because he's playing real well for us or then do you have to kind of take credit for that in the next season for the Kings and say thanks Stewie for coaching him really well we want to put him back more on the team? <laughs> no, well, yeah, Tommy's been around a long time. He's played in the Seabulls before. He played with Bendigo. He's played with a, a number of different teams in the NBL and he's at that age where of course, he's he's continuing to learn, but uh, he, he's very much a, an established player and 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 does what he um, what his strengths are really really well, and that is shoot the ball. Uh, he, he's getting better at rebounding, even though he's um, you know a, a veteran of, of this particular competition. He still see areas of his game that's improving. So it's um, it's one I don't think Stewie or I can, can take too much credit for, and we just got to. He trades on, on Tommy, and, and uh, of course, hopefully tonight. Uh, normally, I'm, I'm bagging for him the right line and trying to pump him up, but I hope he has, has an absolute stinker tonight <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and is unable to score and, and goes away mumbling and grumbling and, and disappointed. Right, right. Well, I'm courtside spruiker tonight, Andrew, so I'll make sure to really pump him up as well in case uh, you're there uh, giving him <laughs> crap on the side. Uh, now, uh, big game again as for many reasons, as we're obviously talking about, but for you guys, uh, you know, start the season one and one a tough win over Sandringham just a very close game before going down to Dandenong so I guess as, for many reasons as well just for your season uh, important on many uh, factors to try and get back on the, the winners list and really get your season going yeah absolutely uh, we, we have been uh, only recently uh, got back into the Seabull and it's still very much a, 
a development process we're going to trying to establish a group that can carry us on to the future and, and we're not we're not there yet uh unfortunately Bo Wu our big guy he's six nine Chinese player that we had he unfortunately has been called back to um the state duties in China so so we won't have him for the next few weeks and and he may not return so that's a, a significant setback for us and um you know, we, we, we've been able to pick up uh, Nate Tomlinson, who, who's got some NBL experience, but but we're very small. So I think we, we're realistic about where we're at. We've got a long way to go. We, we, you know, this is a chance for us to test ourselves against one of the elite teams in the competition, and it's going to be a, a significant challenge for us. But uh, we understand that it's not just about the next couple of weeks or, or, or this particular season in isolation. It's about what the club's trying to do in the long term, to not just have success in any one given season, but to have a program that uh, has the capacity for su- sustained success. And we- we're not there yet. We've got a long way to go, but hopefully uh, we can continue that that uh, that progress this season. And I can imagine for basketball fans though in Melbourne, I mean, such an iconic team, the Melbourne Tigers, with such a you know a long-standing history in in Australian basketball. And as you were kind of mentioning, that the goal to return to the NBL. I mean, how is that support going in the city of Melbourne to really get behind the team and to really help it achieve that goal of returning back to the NBL? We have a, a highly successful, if not the most successful, uh, junior development program in the country and uh, developed more Olympians than any other club in in the country. And that's continued to flourish. Uh, our youth league, both men and women, won the, the state competition here last season. And I think it's at the elite level with that uh, being in the NBL and then no longer being in the NBL, it, it sort of set us back a, a couple of notches. So it, it, it's going to take time both on and off the floor in order for us to, to re-establish ourselves. But we're the oldest club in the country established back in 1931. So it has a, a long, long history to draw on. And, and, and that's going to be something that's going to be pivotal in the uh, re-emergence at the elite level with both our men and women's programs. So, uh, we, we understand that, that that takes a little while, and community and, and fans that they they want to see, they want to be entertained and see successful teams, and, and we're not there yet. So that that's going to take a, a little while, but fortunately, because of that history, that we've got a a good base to start from, and and uh, hopefully we can do the right thing and, and show growth and, and get the support that we need off the floor in order that we can. Uh, bring players to our club and continue to develop players that uh, are worthy of playing at the highest level. And if we do that, we should have uh, success on the, on the floor as well. And, how, and yourself, Andrew, how are you finding coaching? I mean, uh, you know, obviously you coached Sydney during the NBL season. Now you're here coaching Melbourne. I mean, it's, it's obviously a busy time for you. you. You don't seem to get much time off in between, but you must be enjoying it sort of to be uh, to doing it so much as you are. Yeah, it's, it's for me, it's... Um, really just trying to honour the club and, and, and pay back and give something back to the club that's provided so much for me. So before I accepted the uh, Sydney Kings job, I explained to them that my commitment to the Tigers, and, and that was completely understood. And, and in fact, it's, it's something that we're trying to uh, collaborate between the, the, the two clubs so there can be benefits for both. And, and certainly for me, from a coaching standpoint, it gives me the opportunity to try different things and look at different um, offensive and defensive structures at this very high level of ball that uh, I can test and then take that back to the to the Sydney Kings and, and, and similarly with what we did with 
Bo Lu, uh, our Chinese player, that he came and spent some time with the Sydney Kings last season. And uh, it, it's a way in which that we try to to um, collaborate as much as we possibly can. But, uh, you know, I think that also the, the, the Melbourne Tigers, that they had goals and long-term aspirations to play at the highest level as well. So it's it, it's one that there's a, a great relationship between the two clubs and and um, I'm very grateful to have the opportunity. It's hard because you don't get much time off and it's pretty demanding at the super level now because of the, the quality of the competition. But it's one that um, I, I thoroughly enjoy and, and like I said, it's, it's about trying to give back and, and uh, provide some support for an organisation that's done so much for me personally. Mm, and we, we definitely hope to see that day when uh, we can see a Melbourne Tigers back in the in the NBL and also a Hobart team, of course. That would re- definitely rekindle some memories. Now, Andrew, we're going to close things out. We've got a, a segment here called the High Noon 40 where basically we have a bunch of really five strange and wacky and fun questions which we'd like to ask all our guests. But before I get to those, just given that today's theme of the show is very basketball-centric, uh, I, I'm wanting to find out... Uh, we've got the NBA playoffs about to start, of course, over in the US and Canada. And you, of yeah. course, did play in the NBA yourself. I, I'm intrigued to see what's your thoughts on how the playoffs are going to turn out. Who, who do you think is going to take the take the title uh, this time around? Well, there's been a lot of twists throughout the, the course of the season. But um, I suppose if you're looking in the East, it, it, it's hard to, to really go past the Cleveland Cavaliers, the defending champs, and LeBron James. Anytime a team's got LeBron James on it, they're <laughs> going to be a championship contenders. And and then in the West, as it has been the last few years, it's probably got a little bit uh, deeper in talent. And I'm hopeful for the San Antonio Spurs that they've got an Aussie and Paddy Mills on the team and um, a long history of Australian players, other Australian players competing there, including myself. But So I'm hopeful for them. But So my, my, my heart's sort of with the, the San Antonio Spurs. But uh, I think if... Um, Kevin Durant comes back. That, that, that you look at what the Golden State Warriors have been able to put together, and and um, the way in which they've gone about it this season, uh, they've had a few changes, a few injuries along the way, and personnel changes. But I think that they would be the team to beat in the West. And it's hard to know if you're saying, well, who do I, I back to, uh, in, in the, to win the whole thing? I suppose I'd have to go with the, the Golden State Warriors. But it's a real tough season. To, to pick this season, it wouldn't surprise me if, uh, if, if someone that 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 um, in that sort of that third to fifth ranking would, would have a chance on on both sides of the table. Well, you give me a bit of hope there, Andrew, because I'm a Raptors fan and we're sitting, I think, third in the East at the moment, and uh, not as good a year I think we had last yeah. year. But I mean, can you give the Raptors any hope of a of a maiden championship? Oh, for sure. No, they're right there. Although um, before yesterday, I was very buoyant about the Boston Celtics, but uh, Cleveland went into Boston yesterday and gave them a, a, a bit of a touch-up. So um, that put them back in their box a little bit. Uh, but the Raptors, boy, do they have some fantastic support uh, in, their, in their home court. So any time that they get to play in, in a series, that uh, and certainly in that first series, they're going to have the, the, the home court advantage. They're going to be a tough proposition to beat. We saw how well they did last season. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a little for me to see them winning the East, but um, not beyond the realms of possibility, but probably not wouldn't be my pick. All right. Well, good. You give me a bit of confidence there. All right, Andrew, what I need you to do for me right now, I'm going to get you to pick uh, five random numbers between 1 and 40, not all at once, just one at a time, and I've got a question relating to each number. So give me a number between 1 and 40. We'll have to go with number 10. Number 10. Uh, here's a very interesting question. Uh, how many sandwiches have you ever eaten off the floor? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
a full sandwich. We'll go back to my school days. I was very much in favour of the five-second rules. <laughs> Probably too many. Too many to, to mention because being very clumsy uh, and uh, perhaps uh, not quite across all the health issues, <laughs> I was more than happy to pick it up and, and give it a go if it was a tasty one. That's what you do as a kid. That's allowed. That five-second rule is what you live by for most of the time. Um, of course. Another number between one and 40. Let's go with number 11. Number 11. How many bottles of wine have you finished without ever actually pouring any wine into a glass? (laughs) (laughs) That's an easy one for me because uh, I'm a teetotaler. I've never had a drink, so I've yet to um, uh, consume a bottle of of wine or even had a glass of wine. I've had sips of wine here and there just to taste it, but uh, I've never I've never got into wine, so zero would be the answer to that one. Safe, easy answer. There we go. All right, give us another one. Give us another number. We've got to go with the great Michael Jordan and uh, 23. We've never had this one asked before. Good pick. Here we go. Uh, how, many, how many friendships have you ruined because you refuse to play a game of Monopoly mercifully? <laughs> Uh, I don't know about friendships, but certainly with my kids. Uh, they were keen as they went through it and always too long and always got into arguments. So uh, certainly had some challenging times with the family, but uh, I haven't been a big Monopoly fan throughout, so uh, I haven't been able to damage too many friendships. <laughs> um, I like that question. Uh, two more. Right? Give us one more number here, uh, Andrew. Let's go number four. Number four. All righty. How many bowls of cereal do you eat every single day, and why aren't you eating more? I, I eat. Uh, it's part of my routine. I'm, I'm always at least one bowl. One so, bowl. That's good. Uh, I only do. I can't eat. Unlike my kids, I can't tuck into the cereal at night and <laughs> in, in the afternoon. So I'm a strictly. It's a breakfast food. But every morning, I tuck into a, a bowl of cereal. So strictly morning only is cereal. You can't eat it past Correct. midday, basically. Okay. I like that rule. That's it. That works. All right. One more. One <laughs> more, Andrew. Give us one more number and we'll close it out. Let's go with the uh, the great Dr. J. Let's go with the number six. Number six. Okay. Andrew Gaze, the most uh, probing question you might ever get asked in your life. How many days have you ever gone without showering? <laughs> Crikey. Uh... I, I can't remember exactly, but I've got to be nudging two or three when I was a young fella. Mm-hmm. I have to be nudging two or three, which um quite disgusting when you think about it, <laughs> the odours and the smells. But uh, I, 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 barely, I can't go a day without having a couple of showers these days. Yeah. But um, back when I was a young fella, I'm sure I would have knocked out a couple of days. Yeah, that, that and eating the sandwiches, it's just youth. It's just what we do, Andrew. You know, it's how, it's how we all go. It's an Australian <laughs> way. That's it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> of course. So, I, so I, I, I don't shower and I eat food off the floor. So how am I going? Yeah, well, you're going well. I mean, that's going to help the Chargers tonight. Let's just say that way. They can use that to their strengths. They know. <laughs> your weaknesses now so there's a bit of sledging going on the court there you know <laughs> you stick well, Andrew have a sandwich duck, <laughs> uh, if you see me duck off to go to the toilet while the game's going on you know why <laughs> yes exactly so. because the game tonight is at 8 o'clock doing Entertainment Centre the Hobart Chargers up against the Melbourne Tigers tickets still available come along check it out and rekindle some uh, classic memories of course too from the glory days of uh, basketball in this state Andrew looking forward to seeing you tonight and I promise not to give you too much stick when I'm on that microphone tonight as well. No problem at all. Even we have been off air for a couple of weeks and I keep saying that on this episode. We are bringing back the big guns to make things exciting. Cue the Jesus music because...
a shoe grid. We still have to play Jesus is still all right with me, Josh. Come on. Oh my goodness. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What's the matter? You're not a DC talk fan anymore? Bow tie, boxed up, all that kind of stuff? Oh man. I'm just going to leave that there, man. I'm not. <laughs> wow. You've, you've dissed your peeps. You're, you're no longer with the DC talk. I'm ashamed of you. I'm with the DC talk. I just think it's funny. Yep. Yep. I do too. Uh, yep. how, how are you, Josh? How is Australia? Are you all zombies yet? Mate, I'm sitting in a car at a beautiful beach and recording with you right now. It's beautiful and it's beautiful weather. Hold on. I don't know. Because you, you can you can see you can I see can see the I don't listeners know if you can't can. but that's who cares about them yeah can oh, you see that's that pretty that's a nice beach you've got a nice view that's yeah, winter so for that's you right office. now right well nearly winter it's nearly winter from Monday it'll be winter which I'm jealous for it's kind of odd right now being in a part of the world where it's actually warming up rather than cooling down so I went to a beach. This week, and uh, a Canadian version of a beach, particularly in the Pacific Northwest, is generally logs and some dirty-looking grey sand, none of this beautiful golden sand that I was just seeing there too. So I do have to laugh at Canada's opinion of beaches. What I don't get about Canada is there's no definite, like I I know the border goes straight across the state, so it's a nice big long line. You've got coastline on either side. What the hell's up north? Snow, polar bears, people who bash seals. Yeah, but how far up does the border go? Uh, well, the, the border itself is just, you know, smack bang in the middle, uh, but the border it's kind of, yeah, like a line. And then, uh, I mean, I think Canada basically owns the part of the Arctic Circle that is within the land borders. I think there's a, a piece of visible line at some point which hey this is alaska hey this is greenland this is russia like that's kind of how it works i think there's like a treaty that these countries have that is all signed off so from my vast knowledge that's what i know i know there is an island somewhere that is in dispute between denmark and canada and every now and then like there's an invading party and then like they'll put some canadian alcohol and then they'll bugger off and then like three, four months later the Den- the Danish will come and do the same thing. And- yep, yep, yep. No, that's the thing. And I actually learned the other day that there is a- an island uh, off the co- coast of Newfoundland, uh, one of the provinces here, that is actually a- an island of France. So you can get on like a ferry in Canada and like, I don't know, it's like probably like a half an hour boat trip and you're on this island, which is French territory. You've got to use the Euro. It's all like, you know, France, France. So there's like I could go to France basically quicker than I could to some states in America if I lived in that part of the country. Oh, yeah. Well, well, it's just like having New Caledonia here. Just to interrupt our regularly scheduled programming, I just had a headline (laughs) pop up on my uh, Apple device. Oh, yes. We could talk about this. I don't know if you want to. A zookeeper has been rushed to the hospital after being mauled by a lion at an Australian zoo. Uh Uh-oh. Was it Zoodoo? Was it in Tasmania? No. Shoalhaven Zoo. Where's that? Uh, that's up the coast. That's about four hours north of me. Okay. Where I'm at. Right. Well, um, that was that's not very good for that person then. Um, yeah. Well. Yeah. Sorry for yep, that. Tricks person. Are for kids. Yes, exactly. <laughs> kind of, you know, worried me when they're <laughs> thinking that it might be Zoodoo because I don't know if you've ever been to freaking Zoodoo and the cages they keep those lions in. It's embarrassing. Well, we fed the cubs last time mm. I was there. Yeah, I did that. And, 
and I, I think it's funny, like, yeah, a lion in Tasmania. Yeah. Cool. They had tigers as Do well, that. but then they died. No, no, no. They had, they had a tiger. They oh, had a. one tiger. A tiger and it died, but they've got it stuffed. They do, yeah. And it's like they it's and I, it's such a weird thing because like it's what near Richmond, it's basically like an overpriced wildlife park with a tiny enclosure with one, two, three lions in it, and a couple of meerkats, a monkey, and a dead stuffed tiger. And oh look, we've got a zoo in Tasmania. Get fucked. Oh no, you've got you've got the emus. Oh, you've true. Got the ostrich. You've got Tassie you've devils. Got the camels. They got that big as weird as African cow. Oh yeah, yeah, and so that's and, they, yeah. they have zebras. I remember going in the little uh, the yeah, no, safari zebras, thing, yeah. and there's it. But it's it's just like a zoo to me is like a big open place. I mean, you, I think you've been to San Diego Zoo. I've been to San Diego Zoo. I mean, that's an amazing zoo. It's like huge. It's mm. probably the most famous zoo in the world, and laid out, and it's like what you imagine a zoo would be. But this is just somebody's backyard in Richmond. They've gone, hey Cheryl, let's get ourselves a couple of animals and charge admission. <laughs> well. Uh- there's a zoo about an hour and a half of north of me called Mogo Zoo, and that's that's it. They're, like when you drive there, it's like, oh, this is just another zoo do. But then you go in there, it's actually really well laid out. The animals are really like, like they've got an amazing menagerie of animals, and it, the way it's laid out, it's great. It's a huge place too. It's like it's it's, it's really massive actually. Well, it's, but, it's, it's, it reminds me kind of, I mean, I've not watched the show, but everyone talked about it like a month or two ago, freaking Tiger King, where like all these Americans. I never watched it either. Yeah. Never watched it either. But, I, mean, I, it, I don't get it. There's, well, there's some weird laws, aren't there, in some parts of America where you can basically keep these animals as pets and shit and I don't know, like. Good you, on well, that's America though. America's just, they're weird. Well, the I mean, I can see it. I can, I, I can walk down the street and I can see it. So that's kind of odd. Uh, I feel like I'm Sarah Palin when she's like, I can see Alaska from my living room. Um, I mean, I'm not going to say it from my living room, but I can see America from down the street, if that counts. Really? I didn't realise you were that close. Well, I mean, Vancouver Island is kind of in a, like the the tip, you can actually get on a boat from Victoria and go to the state. So you can go to Port Angeles, which is kind of like a little port in Washington state. And where I can see, so there's this really tall mountain, I believe it's called Mount Washington. I could be mistaken. It might be a different mountain that I'm thinking of, but there is a very tall mountain on a clear day that you can see from across the ocean. And that is the U S. Um, so yeah. Uh, what side of the Canada? I thought you were on the, on the East coast. No, no, I'm West. I'm very West. Ooh, yeah. okay, that makes me happy. Cause you know what? You know what? I do. He's a good guy. So, 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 when I come and see you, around the same time, roughly give or take a few weeks, Star Wars Celebration ah, in Anaheim. Right. So going to go do it. Well, you know that, what? That's actually on my bucket list to Josh, go down to Disneyland to go to to the Star Wars place. I tell you what, and I, if I do this, it might piss Mallory off. We're we're probably d- delaying a honeymoon by about a month because she'll have exams after our wedding. Now that we've changed the wedding date, so I might be yeah. able to do a sneaky sneaky and come down with you and just to really piss her off and say, "Hey, by the way, going to Disneyland. Don't mind me." <laughs> <laughs> well, when I said that to Naomi, I said, "Oh, I want to go to I want to go to Galaxy's Edge. I want to go to Star Wars Celebration." She goes, "Oh, you'll be going by yourself." <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Well, I think I think you it's can, a, you do you. <laughs> I think it might be a 
about a 19-hour drive directly from where I am. Um, I think I, I could be right. I could be wrong. I'm just trying to quickly look at this if I kind of can do this on air right now. Uh, a 21-hour drive uh, from where I am right now. So okay, so that, that's it. That's it. So we look at flying then. Well, I mean, road trip. We can go through uh, Seattle, go through Portland, go down through you know Northern California. I've ne- I've not been to Oregon. That's one of the states I have not been to, and it's not that far from where I am now. So uh, you know, I will be frequenting Seattle when I can travel. Seattle is one of my favorite cities in the US. It's only four hours away, so I'll be going there as much as I can. That's really cool. Yeah, and Vancouver's only like just Seattle. over the I'll, river I'll, as well. Actually, I want to go see the Space Needle. That's oh, actually I've been up it. It's great. I've been up the top of the Space Needle. It's it's worth every penny. I've been to the original Starbucks. Yeah. I went to the Boeing factory, the largest building in the world is in Seattle. It's a fantastic place to visit, so I uh, definitely yeah. recommend it. But uh, one thing that I, I think I'm sad that we might miss out on, I, I mean, we might just be in the vicinity of the last week of the season, depending on how the seasons work out. Of course, my bachelor party, I'm hoping to go over to Vancouver so we can go watch a hockey game. So I'm hoping that that will still be the case, Hell yeah. given we're sort of you know changing cool it up. You want to going to Anaheim and seeing a hockey game. Well, they're one of my yeah. two teams. I've never seen the Ducks play, so I've got to, you know. I've seen them once, once. Uh, I was a kid. I was meant to see them, but we got lost in Chicago, and that's a whole other story. What else has been happening in Joshville? Anything exciting to report? No, not much. Just lots and lots and lots of lots of work and lots and lots of COVID nineteen fun stuff. Which have uh, you? Did we... you get many COVID nineteen cases in the Beaver Valley? Seven. Wow, not many at all. Then that's half your population. Not many. Though. Nah, quarter. Quarter. <laughs> quarter. <laughs> so, so here's a funny thing, right? Okay, so we, we're going to talk about my valley. We're going to talk about this. So, yeah, we've had COVID nineteen. We had seven cases. One poor bloke had it for at least eight weeks, and now we, during that case, the uh, New South Wales uh, Office of Local Government has delayed our local government election that was meant to happen in September. They've delayed it a year, so it'll be happening next year. Two weeks after that happened. We then had our Labor member, our federal member, he decided to resign. I think you might have talked about this last time from memory. Oh, more things have happened. Oh, more things have happened. So moving forward, so Labor then picked our – the then current mayor, now former mayor, to be the the candidate for Labor. She's an absolute idiot, just saying. Hello to Uh, her if she's listening. Oh, she won't listen to this. No one does. It's fine. Um, no, no, that's it. <laughs> and then, then uh, the Liberal Party just last week picked their um, their candidate. She's a really nice lady. I quite like her. And they've set the date for our by-election, July 4th. Oh. Yep, July 4th. So... The, the, and now we've got all these issues coming up with the council, the council being in debt, uh, sacking people without reason, uh, raising rates because they don't have the sense to cut costs in any way, shape or form, uh, and financial misappropriation. So now there's a big thing on trying to get the local government election re- uh, decision reversed so we actually have a local government election in September. And will you be running again? Yes, yes. I'm actually already a registered candidate. So before they move the date, I've registered as a candidate. Right. So so are you going to uh, put the signs up around the place again and kind of, you know, do that? Oh, yeah, do all that. 
do do all the fun stuff. Do all the fun stuff. So and how I'll many be doing older? How many older people get elected? Older. Old, like older men. I'm trying to be politically oh, correct by men. saying okay. older people. So right. Councillors. Councillors is what we called here. Okay. Yeah, nine. Nine, nine councillors. Right. And how many generally stand? Uh, last, last election, there was 27 candidates. Wow. The, year bef- the, the election before that, there was only 13. I can tell you now, I reckon it'll, it'll end up being a high number again, I think. I, was I not there last time when you were in the process of running? Was that three, four years? I was there 2016 when I was there. Was that what it meant? No, like- no, no. Yeah, no, that is correct because Gabriel turns four. Yeah. In in a month. Wow. And no, and, uh, a month. No, a month. A month. Far out. Um, he turned in yeah, a month and a week. I was there uh, so, July 4th because yeah. we went to your friend's um, – that your American friend had a July four barbecue thing. My 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 sister in law. <laughs> right. Yes. Thank you. That. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's that's right. And so, uh, so with that moving forward with that one, the yeah. So I was in the process at that point. I I think I'd only just registered as a candidate. I wasn't on the campaign trail then because we weren't allowed to camp. Pain. Uh, the election campaign season would have started halfway through August. Right. Okay. But I do. I I remember watching one of your debates, like where well you got you got up on stage and you talked. I remember you had a video link to it. And I remember watching it. So. Yeah, yeah, that was done. That was done about a week before the election day, before Poland right. day. And how many votes did you get? Yeah. Not many. <laughs> Did you get more? Did you get more in the state election or the uh, the the council? Uh, I actually got a hundred times more in the, in the state election. Well, there you go. So uh, I I'm actually hoping to use my state election as a bit of a springboard. People know my name now. People know what I mean. And, and I used that first election. It was, I didn't expect to get in. I was using it as a as an education. Like the only way you're going to learn is by doing. And so. I got to understand the terminology. I got to understand the process. I, I understand what I can and can't say, where, what I should be doing. And now at this time I have a really good idea on what I need to do. Uh, so starting like basically for like fundraisers, uh, postage, uh, sorry, poster placage, um, getting people at specific uh, um, polling booths instead of, going all or like just circulating around like I did. That was a bit of a mistake that I made on my part. But again, we're going to see changes due to COVID-19 when that happens. And it's, yeah, it's going to be a very interesting time. Well, I look forward to seeing the ads. I want to hear, uh, you know, authorised and written by Joshua Shoebridge. I want to hear you, like, you do the super fast thing and do attack campaigns. I want you to like just randomly choose somebody and be like, Jenny Smith has COVID-19. Don't vote for her. <laughs> authorised by Joshua Shoebridge. Oh no! Okay. Well, one of the things we are going to do, I can actually talk about this because she's the current person that we that we wanted to um, have a go at is now running in the federal by election, and so we we actually have written up an entire campaign against this one certain person because of how inept she is and so like she wanted to raise your rates by two million dollars over four years she wanted to do this she wanted to do this we got this massive attack campaign 
already planned. We had that plan for the council election. Now we're just reformulating it to support the Liberal Party during the the, the next election coming up in July. I want. I want actually. Now that I'm thinking about it. I want you to do like South Park movie style when they're all in the UN and they're basically the Canadians are there going like, you can't do this, you can't do this. And they go to the American guy and he just sits there and he looks to the left and he looks to the right and he goes, fuck Canada. I just want you to just sit there in front of the TV and go, fuck Jenny Smith. Also, it's written by Joshua Shoebridge. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I want to see. That's it. Oh. No, man, that's tempting. <laughs> Jenny Smith eats her own boogers and doesn't wash her hands after doing a poo. Written and authorised by Joshua Shubridge, Big Valley, Canberra. There you go, you get all these ideas that you can use. They're all from South Park. Not, and, and, is that episode where, where Cartman becomes like this extreme right-wing political reporter for the school morning announcements? Oh, I don't think I've seen that one. Oh. Oh, it's so funny because he's like, he doesn't accuse people. He asks questions. And so he's like, Jenny Tesseberg, whoever, whatever Stan's girlfriend's name is. Um, Wendy. Is it true? Yeah, Wendy. Is it true that you hate Smurfs? <laughs> it's like, why are you accusing me of hating Smurfs? I'm not, I'm not accusing you of anything. I'm just asking the question. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, so you're not denying that you hate Smurfs? <laughs> <laughs> is it true that you killed Smurfs? <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant, brilliant. Josh, it's always a pleasure having you on. I know every time we get you on, we say next time we'll get you on, we'll do Forget the Lyrics. We will do it one of these days because we need to. Maybe maybe the next time we'll organise it and we can literally just do an entire episode where we just do it because we, we're overdue, my friend. Oh, mate, we are. We are. And just just so everyone's aware, the current break between me coming on is not my fault. It's not. No, it isn't. This time is actually mine. No. Josh and I sat down and said we would do a weekly schedule, but in the last like three weeks, I have cancelled on him basically every single time. So, uh, yeah, like you'd move it like a day, and you're like, I can't do it. Oh, moved it a day. Oh, I can't do it. Yep. So we will get the schedule rolling. So do you know what I have to? Do you know what I have to say? Screw Canada. (laughs) (laughs) Fair call. Fair call. Josh, thank you for joining us. All right. See ya. It's time to close it all out. For another week. It's been good to come back on the airwaves here for you after a few weeks off. And hopefully, Miss Mallory Foster will be sitting with me in a week's time. And hopefully, we'll be back in a week's time and not have another four week delay. If you do like my voice and want to hear some other content that we put out that isn't just the brink and kind of a bit boring every now and then, of course, the Oz Network doing film recaps out there, Australian Survivor Archives. If you're into the history of Australian Survivor, listen to that. Double Oz 7, if you like James Bond, listen to that. Other things that are out there as well, plenty to keep you occupied wherever you are listening on the planet Earth. Just search for my name on podcast servers. You'll find them there. And if you don't want to hear me and you want to hear other people, search for their names. You'll find them too. Uh, If you like the show, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. You can subscribe. We're all good podcasts are downloadable. Also, we're all bad podcasts. See, I can't even speak properly. I was going to say bad podcasts are downloadable. That's where you'll find ours because we can't speak properly. And that's generally the sign of a bad podcast I think I was going somewhere with that but it kind of failed thanks for tuning in it's been fun to be back my name is Ben keep sucking those oranges Hoba Victoria Cargill and good night <laughs>